The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Tuesday night on WTMJ. Glad you're with me. Big show planned. Want you to get involved. 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank. Talking text line. Old National Bank. Get old. Uh, want you to get involved. Either way, if you text, that's cool. If you phone, you'll be talking to Tommy. Be nice to him. Say hi. Give him a recipe. And then he'll put you through to me. That's how it works. I don't know what he needs a recipe for, but, uh, you know, he might like that just uh, every once in a while. And uh, Wyatt's going to be with us doing news all night. Tommy, good to have you back. Uh, last week... We uh, we only got to speak once. I felt uh, my life was a little bit emptier because of it. Yeah, that's that's how I was going to say it, too, at, when I came back today. I, I felt the same thing. Well, the, the good or bad news is we're going to be talking to each other much more as uh, as the weeks go on. So that is very exciting for, uh, for me, at least, and hopefully for you, too. I, w- I would uh, say that's good news for a lot of people listening right now. Well, let's keep our fingers crossed and see what happens. I may, you know, I may be called before the Justice Department. I, this is embarrassing. I'm, I was going through my office today and I came across a box of classified documents. Oh, geez. I've, I know. I've never worked for the government, which is why it's so surprising that I would have them here. And yet it seems like every, uh, every old man of, every man of a certain age who's ever done anything now is finding classified documents in their house. Mike Pence today joins the club. He found some classified. How loose is security at the upper levels of the federal government that everybody's taking work home? That's got to be the real question with this whole thing. There's going to be someone new every week now, right? Yes, because imagine if we were taking stuff out of the radio station all the time. Oh boy, we found a, we found another you know I don't I don't know computer at Brian's house. He just I don't know what happened. I just wandered out with it after the show, and it was I, I apologize. Yes, somewhere the National Archives people have got to be going. Is there any way we can keep track of these a little better? Because this is ridiculous. So classified documents were found at the home of uh, Mike Pence in his Indiana home. Uh, National Archives was notified by Pence's team. I'm surprised they were able to get through to the National Archives. It's it's got to be their customer service has got to be backed up. With, like the, when you call somebody, your wait time is 25 minutes. I have a feeling you call National Archives now, and they're like, all right, how many boxes do we need to pick up? Now, uh, Pence's team said that a small amount of documents were, quote-unquote, inadvertently boxed and transported to the former vice president's home after the end of the last administration. I don't want to call BS on that, but I'm calling BS on all these guys with all their documents. According to uh, Pence's lawyer, the former vice president was unaware of the existence of sensitive or classified documents at his personal residence. I know every box that's in my house. Even if it's even if it's stuff that I haven't seen for years, which is a you know a problem unto itself, that you have boxes that you haven't really opened in a long time, but I can guarantee you, there are no boxes in my house that at some point I inadvertently put files that had big red letters on them that said either classified, top secret, uh, whatever whatever the classification is that they're going to give these documents. Uh, here's the 
This is from uh, Mike Pence's lawyer. Quote, Vice Pe- President Pence has directed his representatives to work with the National Archives to ensure their prompt and secure return. Vice President Pence appreciates the good work of the staff at the National Archives. I don't. And trust they will provide proper counsel in response to this letter. End quote. Uh, who is to blame for this? I've got to say, one, it's the staffs and ultimately Donald Trump, Joe Biden, now Mike Pence, uh, how long till Nancy Pelosi and everybody else. Uh, Merrick Garland is going to be up to his elbows in independent councils trying to figure out who we have to investigate now to get these files back. It's just ridiculous to me. Do you have a lot of uh, files in your house that you don't uh, know were there, Tommy? Do you just inadvertently box them up? Uh, No. In fact, if I classify something as a file, like important, I only know where it is in my house. Hmm. Well, all right. That's why you will never work for the federal government. Yeah, I'm not qualified, obviously. I don't think so. You're a bit too organized to be part of the bureaucracy. Now, do you think that these archive jobs have zero leverage with this, you know, a high-level politician just comes to the National Archive house and just demands the documents, or that they're that clueless that they have no idea these documents are being taken? I'm going to go with the latter, only because in my limited experience with bureaucracies, there are so many levels of this that... They they can't possibly be keeping track of everything. However, there are laws about taking classified documents out of where they're supposed to be. Now, there's a difference in levels, of course. We've got top secret. We've got uh, secret. We all, all these different things. But this is getting this is getting crazy. And yes, I think I think at some point. Well, you know, you know, it's not uh, you know. Mike Pence going over to the National Archives and waiting in line like he's at the DMV to check out a file. His staff is bringing him these things. He's reviewing them, just like uh, Biden and Trump. They're reviewing all these files. I'm sure they see a million files a day. Hopefully they're paying attention to some of them. But then, why do they go home? Shouldn't there be, shouldn't all of these top-level politicians have, they all have staffs, Shouldn't there be somebody on that staff who goes, all right, we're, we're taking these out of the office. Now, sir, this is a little dicey. We're threading the line here. So uh, we're going to take them, and then as soon as you read them, I'm putting them back in this briefcase. And tomorrow, I'm going right back to wherever they're supposed to be, and I'm leaving them there. We're not going to leave them at home because this is uh, this is just absolutely nuts. And we need, I think, at some point to just admit that we can't trust old men with important documents. You know, you get to a there's certain things I, uh, you know, my wife handles. Because I uh, sometimes I have other things on my mind, and I'm guessing if I'm the president or a senator or a vice president, I'm going to have a lot of things on my mind. And I might set something down somewhere. Maybe I'm at home reading, uh, I don't know, nuclear strategies uh, for you pick a country. And then all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, I've got to watch Meet the Press. And I set set my file down somewhere, and I wander off in my slippers and mutter to myself about some foreign dignitaries. Then I have a cup of coffee, and I go out and, uh, you know, do whatever I'm going to do in the yard, and then all of a sudden it's Monday, and I'm like, where did I put that file? I don't know. So 
we have to we have to assign young people to follow the old guys around. Uh, why aren't these guys responsible to clean out their offices themselves? <laughs> they already have the clearance. That is a good question and a hilarious question. Texter from the two six two. Do you really? <laughs> can you see? Can you see the president? You know, as, after they're done with their term, whether they're they've served two terms or they've been voted out, uh, getting a bunch of cardboard boxes from U-Haul and loading up their own office, like you and I would have to do, Tommy. <laughs> Where's the president? Oh, he, he ran out to the uh, hardware store to get some more tape for his boxes. <laughs> not gonna uh, happen. Not no, not happening. <laughs> or or I like those uh, the legal document boxes that you always see. Those are fun boxes to pack. But still, no matter how fun they are, the vice president's not packing his own boxes. But at some point, the buck does stop with them. So they are the ones responsible. It's they didn't. They're not finding these in their staffers' homes. They're finding them in their own, and it, I, you're never going to convince me that they didn't know. And I'm talking all of them—Trump, Biden, Pence—that they didn't know they had some documents in there. So I don't know. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. When you hear about this, does it worry you that it's this easy for for guys to just take things home and either? "Quote unquote," forget that they're at home, or hide them. Now, at least Mike Pence, Joe Biden, they're cooperating fully. But that still doesn't erase the fact that these documents were in their house. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Let's hear from you on the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. It's Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. Now, he is on the hot seat for having classified documents in his Indiana home. He and mother sitting around drinking warm milk and reading top secret classified documents. Maybe not top secret, but let's say classified just to keep it uh, keep it classified. Uh, mother, I don't know. And it, it also worries me that uh, grown men call their wives mother. That's a side note. I know Ronald Reagan used to do it, uh, called Nancy Reagan mother. I think that's a weird thing. Uh, but you know that's a topic for another day. If you call your if you call your wife mother, uh, we need to have some therapy. From the two six two, I wouldn't be surprised if there's at least a few improperly stored classified documents mixed in the belongings of every living former president and vice president, and perhaps some former cabinet members as well. I would not be surprised at that either. And it's funny, it never really came to the forefront until. Donald Trump and all the stuff with him and him not giving him back or him not him saying he didn't have any and then they said well, yeah you do and he said well, no I don't and they said yes you do we're going to come and find him now we got him for and Joe Biden they just keep finding him at Joe Biden's place I don't know if they find any in the glove compartment of the Corvette uh if they find him on the bicycle I I don't know where they're going to find him next from the 712 winner Obama's going to show up LOL I saw, a, I read a story today that said they are, the Obama camp is sure that there are none. So they will not be searching. Uh, if, I, if I'm a former president right now, living president, who do we have left? Jimmy Carter, uh, we've got Obama, 
We've got uh, Trump. I'd be I'd be going through everything with a fine tooth comb because you don't want to you don't want to be on the news for one of these thirteen hour searches that uh, they did at the uh, at the Biden Delaware House the other day. Brian, what worries me is we don't have a process of assuring these crooked politicians don't walk out of office with bunches of confidential files. How about someone from the National Archives sitting there passing judgment on every file? You would think that that should be second nature. That before any boxes leave the White House or the Vice Presidential House, any of these offices, before they go anywhere, somebody is going through every box. It's a bureaucracy. We hire millions of people. Just have somebody sitting there flipping through and going, all right, this box is clear. And then they seal it, just like when you're at duty-free in the airport and you buy a couple bottles of hooch to fly back from overseas. They seal that bag. So they need somebody in there, and every box that every staffer packs has to be checked and then sealed. Then it can leave wherever. But, yeah, to just let them run around... Uh, what do you bet Joe Biden says to the investigators, you guys are pretty good at finding things. How about you help me find my Boy Scout knife and my lucky rabbit's foot? I've been looking for them for years. They probably would have uh, turned up because according to reports, they were going through his house with a fine-tooth comb for 13 hours. And they found they found a few more things. You know what else we have to look into? This is uh, I'm very upset about this. If this is true, Tommy, I may have to, I don't know, I may have uh I'm going to have to just start uh, really railing against, uh, all right, got to figure uh, figure all this out. Because soaring egg prices prompt demands for price gouging probe. We've been talking about why there's why the eggs are so high, right? And everybody's saying, oh, no, it's it's avian flu. And millions and millions of birds have been slaughtered. But some people are saying, hold on, let's get to the bottom of this. Egg prices, you know this. If you've gone to the store and looking for eggs, they've more than doubled in the past year. So now calls are coming in for an investigation into possible price gouging. Shocker. U.S. Senator Jack Reed uh, today asked the Federal Trade Commission to investigate whether egg prices have been improperly manipulated by producers. Farmer-led advocacy group called Farm Action made a similar request last week, arguing that there, quote, appears to be a collusive scheme among industry leaders to turn inflationary conditions and an avian flu outbreak into an opportunity to extract egregious profits, end quote. Collusive scream, scheme and egregious profits. That doesn't sound like business at all, does it? It doesn't sound like uh, the corporate culture here in the U.S. of A. that companies would try to, I don't know, hornswoggle us to make more money. Well, no wonder they smuggle them in, right? That's right. I'm still working on my uh, cartel business. I, I was I have, listening. I have fig tried to figure out the logistics of getting uh, getting the eggs across, and I'm, I'm not having much luck. Every every scheme I try fails. I've even tried that little uh, parachute. Thing that you do sometimes in grade school or high school where you build a parachute and hope the egg won't crack when it lands. Too many eggs. Parachutes are too big. The Santa Anas are, are messing me up, so i, I got to keep working on it. But the egg prices have been attributed to the millions of chickens that were slaughtered to limit the spread of bird flu. Then saying, well, listen, farmers don't have the chickens. we got to raise the egg prices. However, although there have been... 43 to 58 million birds slaughtered over the past year. Uh, few, few have been 
egg-laying chickens. The size of the total flock has only been down 5 to 6%. Yes. But the national average for eggs has gone to 425. So even though all these chickens are being slaughtered, the ones that lay the eggs are not, not too many. So why are we paying an inordinate amount of money for eggs? I hope they do check into it. Then I'm going to find. Then we're going to find out. Then our our faith in the egg uh, egg industry will fall. And oh my goodness, what will become of our country? We'll be all scrambled. <laughs> it's WTMJ nights. Talking about classified documents, possible price gouging in the egg industry. We're not starting out happy, happy, but uh, that's all right. From the 262, I wonder if Bill Clinton's little black book is considered classified. Oh, that thing is, uh, that thing's been around for a long time. I don't know if it's classified anymore. Uh, scrambled, I'd say the deviled eggs are poaching us. Boom. Oh, we need the rib shot working. Tommy had the good scrambled joke. 414, kicking it up another notch. Uh, as Emerald used to say, bam. On the other side of the news, speaking of uh, speaking of evil corporations that are gouging us and making our lives miserable, guess who was in front of Congress today? We'll talk all about Ticketmaster and how oh boy, how some senators tried to be really cool and uh, you know show how hip they were and how down they were with the kids, and it actually was uh, was just horrific when old people try to act young. It's got to be one of the saddest things. Present company excluded, of course. All right, we've got to go to the WTMJ 24-hour newsroom. Look at me on time for one of the first times ever, and now I'm going to talk up, so I'm actually late. That's not true. Here's Wyatt Barmore-Pooley. Brian WTMJ Nights. Yeah, chicken's back. Somebody uh, from the 262 saying, hey, find it rather curious, in quotes, that uh, chicken prices spiked months ago and have since returned to much more traditional levels, and yet now egg prices are at record highs. Yeah, this egg thing, it, the more you think about it, the, because, you know, we were all, a lot of us believed the reports that said all these millions, 48 to 50-some million chickens had been slaughtered for the avian flu, which is true, but what they didn't tell, tell us in the fine print was that only about 5 to 6% of those chickens were actually the egg-laying chickens. So what's the deal? And yeah, you're right. Chicken prices are now kind of back to normal, still a little high. Is anybody, this is, all right. Since we're talking about chicken, Tommy, do you ever do you do the grocery shopping, or you you do you ever go for your mom, or you do it by you know you let Ma do it? Uh, sometimes I do my own grocery shopping. I, I go to the grocery store a few times a month. I would say. Have you looked at? Uh, have you noticed when you go to if you go to buy a chicken breast, uncooked chicken breast, like the uh, boneless, skinless, in the pack, whatever? Chicken breasts are now the size of a football. This um... is weird. I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't know. I've noticed they're they're gigantic. It used to be if you bought a package of chicken breasts, you know, one chicken breast was good that, enough. That was enough to feed a person. Now one chicken breast can serve two people. It's 
Something is up. I know they're pumping hormones into these chickens or steroids or something because there's no, I've never seen a chicken in the wild with giant, giant chicken breasts like are in the grocery store. So I don't know where these are coming from. Some weird Frankenstein chicken operation going on where they're pumping these chickens full of things to just get them all swolled up and jacked. And uh, then they're selling one chicken breast is like a pound and a half, two pounds. It seems weird. I don't know how we got down there, but uh, Brian, I think that adds to the confusion of which came first, the chicken or the egg. Rick, in Norway, you are exactly correct. I don't know which came first. I know I can't afford either. It's sad when now, uh, not sad, I guess it's good for me. If you look at the, I could go buy a ribeye for, you know, at the store for the same price as some eggs. So now I'm going to have to be eating steak. I did, uh, did feel bad Sunday morning. I was going to make myself some eggs. And then I looked. We had about a half a dozen left. And I was like, oh, maybe I better hoard these eggs. I, I do feel guilty going for eggs now in my house. I don't know if I should <laughs> eat them or not. I, I do feel no. that. I have felt that. I'm surprised they don't have a, you know, they don't have a jar on the counter in your house. If you're going to buy eggs, you got to throw in everything else you can eat. You want some prime rib? You want, uh, you know, brats? You want vegetables, fruits, anything? That's fine. I'll just you're go for pay- cereal now. Yeah, just you can't have eggs. Nobody gets eggs for free anymore. Yeah, my mom is my mom is under the impression that uh, she still has to eat. Uh, there's one brand of eggs that's supposed to be organic, free-range, blah, 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 blah. And they were always a little more expensive. Now they're a lot more expensive. But my mom still, when when I go to the grocery store for her, she still wants those kind of eggs. I'm like, Ma, you know what, what they cost? Because you know how old I am? I don't care. That's <laughs> Slight flex. You, well, yeah, she's she doesn't care. She's got a pension. She's got uh, she's living good. She'll she'll go for eight dollars for a dozen eggs. I'm like, I'm glad. I'm glad you uh, you know live your life, ma. I'll pick up your eggs and then I'll eye them enviously. Is I'll it worth it to start investing in egg laying chickens at this point? They say chick like I know a lot of people are saying maybe we should get some backyard chickens. Start, uh, you know, build a little coop out back, have the chickens. But there's health risks to having chickens in your yard. There are droppings and all this other stuff. Uh, I'm going to leave my poultry farm into the, to the professionals until I find out if they're price gouging us or not. Okay. Then, okay. I, then I may have to take matters into my own hands. I'll, I'll take a look into it and see what all we right, should do. Tommy, you've, to, <laughs> Tommy's doing the investigative reporting for the show because I have neither the, the time nor the desire to launch a full investigation. But I'm happy to take Tommy's information, credit him for the work, and then report it to you here. Feed prices. All right, this is from the 712. I, just those first two words, I go, this person might know something. He, said feed, he or she said feed prices. Replacement birds, layers have short maximum production. Oh, layers, sorry. Oh, so the layers, the egg layers, have short maximum production life. Americans have had low food prices forever compared to the world. Yeah, we want to keep them. Oh, you know. I'm not going to complain that our food prices were low, but now if we have to see behind the curtain and find out why how they were kept low, then maybe I maybe I don't want to know. But come on, I can see a little increase. I I, I understand year over year things go up a little bit, but to double, you know, the average a year ago for a dozen eggs, like I said, was a dollar ninety nine. Now it's four twenty nine. That's a huge jump in a year. And that's just for regular old eggs. Those might just be like the uh, not even large or extra large. Those might be the medium eggs that nobody ever really buys because they're too puny. 
See, now I, I will I will expect jumbo eggs, but then when it comes to the actual chicken breast pieces, I'm frightened that they're so big. Yeah, like the top top hens are laying about seven eggs a week, like one a day. Is that right? And that it can go seem... and, and can go anywhere from twenty to a hundred dollars. That doesn't seem efficient. One egg a week, or well, we got to get a day. couple of them. I guess, but you know, I'm like Rocky Balboa. I'm pouring, you know, I'm breaking five, six raw eggs in a cup in the morning. Yeah, just drinking them raw. Yeah, you know, because that's what I do. And then I run through the streets and have children wave at me and throw me fruit. But if I've got, let's see, so that's six chickens at least. I need six chickens for the morning. Then if I want to have breakfast for dinner, or if I want to, uh, if I need eggs to do an egg wash on something else, I don't know. Then I've got to get, so now I need probably a dozen chickens laying a dozen eggs a day. But am I going to go through seven dozen eggs a week? No. Am I going to sell them out of the back of my car? You betcha. That's right. This is the plan. Now, all right, I like that in a week we've gone from trying to get a, a semi and smuggle eggs in from Mexico to now just buying our own layers, trying to figure out how many we, I don't know how, how big a coop I'd need. That was, boy, there's a lot going on here. My daughter saw this sign in Aldi's today near uh, Stoughton. Best buy date of January 28th. People must have stopped buying eggs because the prices got too high. Oh, so the eggs at, eggs at this Stoughton Aldi were down to two ninety nine a dozen, but they expired today. See, <laughs> But the best buy date, you can do another couple weeks. And I know this is, a, this is a point I argue with my wife all the time. If the best buy date on those eggs was the 28th, you got at least another week or so. If you're keeping them in the fridge. So if you're near the Stout and Aldi and, you know, you want to eat, uh, you want to eat a lot of eggs real quick. Down from 468 to 299 that's a pretty good deal. Diane says it's complete price gouging. We all know it. Time to call these and others out on this. Well, hopefully uh, the FTC is going to do this because the senators are saying, hey, you got to look into this. We're going to find out what's going on. There's a lot going on when it comes to Ticketmaster 2. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then, oh, your favorite candy doesn't have the same spokespeople anymore. It is WTMJ Nights. A little bit of chicken fried and cold beer on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right. And the radio world. Or you think eggs are expensive? Try getting Zach Brown tickets. Or any tickets through Ticketmaster. Their uh, their partnership with Live Nation was supposed to benefit everybody, but it did not. And today, oh my goodness, after the big Taylor Swift debacle, where we saw videos on every social media platform of people weeping because they could not get Taylor Swift tickets. Weeping because they had been in line only to be kicked out of Ticketmaster. Well, Congress called Ticketmaster's boss in today to answer for all of this. Um, Ticketmaster's parent company is, of course, Live Nation Entertainment. You know, they own the venues. They promote the concerts. Ticketmaster sells the tickets. Sounds like a monopoly to me, but really, uh, you know, who am I to judge? Well, I'm me, and I buy tickets just like you do, and you know you are at Ticketmaster's mercy. So there was a three-hour hearing today. Senators pressed a Live Nation president and CEFO, Joe Berktold, and some other witnesses on whether the company was too dominant in the industry, thereby hammering rivals, musicians, and fans. Uh, one Now, 
this all started because people have been complaining about fees from Ticketmaster forever. I don't know, Tommy, you're probably not old enough. Do you remember Pearl Jam trying to take Ticketmaster to court and try to launch tours without Ticketmaster, and it did not work, and so they had to back down? If you've bought any sort of, any, it doesn't have to be a concert ticket. Can be a ticket to a sporting event, whatever, through Ticketmaster and Live Nation. Oh man, forget about it. the The fees are almost the price of the ticket. Yeah, I, I never use Ticketmaster, but that's kind of been my perception of all ticketing apps: is that the fees are the ones that get you. It's it it's the worst. It's it's so aggravating because you go, oh, okay. Well, the ticket price, and granted, rarely do we say this anymore. Oh, this concert ticket price isn't so bad because. Right there, the, you're, you're paying exorbitant fees for these tickets. A lot of oh, Bruce Springsteen's coming to Milwaukee. There's been a lot of controversy about the ticket prices, and then you're going to add on the fees too. Forget it. And I'm a I'm a Springsteen fan. I can't do it. So the the weird thing to me was senators who you know. Maybe their kids or their grandkids know Taylor Swift, but I'm guessing most of them do not listen to Taylor Swift, which is a mistake. Uh, she's a fine artist. But they were trying to quote her in their statements today to make them seem hip. And there's nothing that makes you seem less hip than throwing in a reference that everybody knows somebody else wrote for you. You know, you know somebody, some young person on their staff wrote this. Um Senator Richard Blumenthal, who is about, you know, he doesn't strike me as a Taylor Swift guy. He said, I want to congratulate and thank you for an absolutely stunning achievement, he said to Bertolt. Uh, you have brought together Republicans and Democrats in an absolutely unified cause. Then he quoted Taylor Swift. Amy Klobuchar quoted Taylor Swift. A couple others said Ticketmaster should look in the mirror and realize it's me. I'm the problem. It's like, okay. But anyway. Ticketmaster decided they were going to do some. They blamed the bots first. They said, oh, it was, uh, you know, hostile bots that once Taylor Swift's tickets went on sale, they took over. They, uh, the bot activity required us to slow down and pause our sales. You know it was, uh, you know that then they canceled sales the next day and people went crazy. Um, Members of the entertainment industry and one rival spoke out against Ticketmaster's dominance. The CEO of SeatGeek, now, he may have other reasons for speaking out against Ticketmaster since their competition. Uh, he alleged that many venue owners fear losing Live Nation concerts if they don't use Ticketmaster. Live Nation controls the most popular entertainers in the world, routes most of the large tours. So all of this is great showmanship. But let's be honest, is it going to change anything? Do you do you believe for a second that Ticketmaster is going to change? Now there was there was a problem, uh, like I said, Live Nation and Ticketmaster were allowed to merge, but now they have become this huge monopoly. So when they were when they were gonna merge one of the things that the government's one of the stipulations that the government had when Ticketmaster and Live Nation were merging was a legally binding consent agreement that allowed the company to merge with Ticketmaster so long as the company as the combined company 
abided by a number of behavioral conditions. Well, this may surprise you, but in 2019, the Justice Department, when they aren't, uh, you know, search, searching for classified documents in politicians' homes, they did a review that found that Live Nation was not meeting its commitments under the order, but instead of suing, the department modified the agreements and extended them for another five years. So, so really, what good is having consent decrees or what good is having guidelines if when you break them, nothing happens to you? We've got some texts coming in. We'll get to that. Your thoughts, is this going to change the Senate? Uh, is the Senate hearing of Ticketmaster going to change how business is done between them and us and Live Nation and everything else? Or are we going to continue to get gouged, gouged, gouged if we've saved up enough and we want to go see our favorite artists perform. The Old National Bank talk and text line is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. It's Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. Oh, Taylor's shaking it up. Well, the handling of her ticket sales could be shaking up Ticketmaster and Live Nation. You like what I did there, Tommy? I brought it all together. Oh, man, I'll pat myself on the back. Good job. Rick, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Rick in Norway says, serious question for you. I would think that the Consumer Protection Agency would be researching or investigating this issue. Why does Congress have to get involved? It reminds me of the courts always getting involved in this matter or that matter. Uh, really, they probably don't need to. Thoughts? Well, my thought is they don't in other cases all the time, but this one they do because there was this consent order issued by the government so they the government the senate has a right to look into this and the violations that's why the department of justice got involved uh even though they did not sue live nation or ticketmaster for breaching the consent agreement um they're looking to maybe uh, according to one senator calling for the breakup of live nation under uh, Section 7 of the Clayton Act or Section 2 of the Sherman Act. Uh, they're also saying that because of the way that Live Nation has acted since the merger, it casts serious doubts on the usefulness of consent agreements imposed by the federal government. So because the federal government approved this merger, that's why the federal government is improved now. Um, from the 262, I remember back before Ticketmaster when you could always buy tickets directly from the box office and save on the fees, but now they often have a monopoly on all the tickets for nearly every initial sale for major entertainment performances. I remember that, too, because just, just a couple of years ago, I would do that. I would go to the box office. There was, I, lived, I lived about three miles from a big amphitheater. And so if there was a show I wanted to see, I would just go and buy my lawn seats at the box office. Because then I was saving, I don't know, 20, 25 bucks in fees. Well, now you can't do that anymore, so you've got to pay the fees everywhere. I also miss the days. Tommy, this is, this is a blast from the past when we would camp out for concert tickets. Oh, yeah, no, I never did that. You didn't have to deal with any of these shenanigans from Ticketmaster or anybody else. You'd sleep out all night either in front of a Sears or a Sport Mart, wherever Ticketron was located. And um, then, you know, if you were there in enough time, you were good. Then there were always the people who would take over putting the names on the list, and they'd curate the list, and it was a wild thing. 
If you did that, I we could talk about that for a couple minutes after the news because those are some fun memories. But we've got a lot to get to. First, though, we have to do this. Then it's news time, and we'll get into the second hour of WTMJ Nights. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Welcome, welcome. We are here until 8 o'clock, and then it is Bucks Weekly with Justin Garcia. Uh, we were talking right before the news. Uh, I had, This is another, another time when I feel old and Tommy, and I realize Tommy is much younger. We were talking about Ticketmaster and them going in front of the Senate today, which is going to do nothing. Uh, if we are honest, nothing is going to happen. Ticketmaster will remain the same. And uh, somebody texted in about buying tickets directly from the box office, which led to reminiscences about sleeping out for tickets, which was always a nightmare combined with some of the most fun you could ever have. And I I did it a Quite a few times. I think anybody of a certain age who went to big concerts, you would sleep out for tickets. And if you remember, there were always the the people who got there first. And I never knew I never knew how these people were the first. They, they must have had no lives. We uh, we used to do it sometimes in shifts, depending on where where I was in college. We did that a number of times. Where all right, you're taking this because I got to go to class, and then I'll come back and I'll be there a couple hours, and you go to class. And if you wanted to be, if you wanted to be considered for the tickets, you had to put in the overnight hours too, which was, you know, in college it's one thing because you're on campus and you're drinking and you're just sleeping outside the arena. Uh, I went to Southern Illinois University, and so we would sleep outside the arena, to uh, on the sidewalk to get our tickets, which was fun. Uh, I remember lining up through a Sears store. You know, you were, we were outside the night before, so you get there, get there at like ten o'clock or nine o'clock the night before the tickets went on sale, and you'd sleep outside the Sears. And everybody would all their, the security would be coming around all night, making sure you weren't breaking into Sears or whatever. And then the self-appointed line lieutenants would come around, and they'd have the list. In case, like you had to go off and go to the bathroom or whatever, so you couldn't say I was second in line and go, "Oh, what's your name? Your name Tommy? You weren't second in line. Brian was second in line." Uh, so they would do that, but then it all fell apart once the doors to Sears opened. Because, as you can imagine, once the doors open, it's every man or woman for themselves. So you needed to know at that particular Sears exactly where the Ticketmaster was or Ticketron. And those were usually up second floor, back of the store by customer service. And they would have one, if you were lucky, they'd have two windows going. And you just race through the store like a lunatic trying to get up there. I think the longest, the longest one I slept out for, and this was more of a party than really for the tickets, was I was in college and it was for Willie Nelson tickets. And a group of us were out there for two days. Just waiting to get, and we ended up uh, fifth row center for Willie Nelson. That was was an excellent show. And then uh, for Bruce Springsteen on the Born in the USA tour, we slept outside a sport mart for about a day and a half. 
Would you would you sleep outside for a band, Tommy? Who would you what band would you sleep outside for if you had to nowadays? Oof, that's a good question. I've never done that. I have like gotten places early for music. Summerfest, if you know you get there when it opens. Sure. You gotta wait and then you can run right to the stage where you know. Um I, I remember doing that for T Pain when I was in high school. Gosh, right now I don't I don't even know who I would do that for. Sleeping for days, I don't know if any of them are worth it to me. Yeah, it was well. That was you know that was the way if you want. And I thought it was a you know. And how, how much did you pay for the Willie Nelson tickets? I mean, not two hundred dollars for that, right? No, God, this was back. This I made maybe twelve bucks. Yeah, exactly. So you know? if that was the, if that was the price. Then yeah. we're talking maybe, but you'd have to sleep yeah. out for two days and then want to pay. Three hundred dollars for a ticket that good now. Well, if you nowadays, sure, nowadays it'd be more because the it costs more to put on a concert. But I think if you were getting rid of all these fees and cutting out Ticketmaster and stuff, the ticket prices might come down because there were there's some bands who have tried to keep prices down and it just doesn't really work. What was it? It was two summers ago, maybe right right after the pandemic, and um, Kid Rock was doing a thing where all the tickets were twenty five bucks. Now, for twenty five bucks, I might go see Kid Rock, but that would have been the top of you know the top of the price range. But I did I did not go see Kid Rock for twenty five bucks because I'm a cowboy baby, and I didn't want to get involved. But uh, yeah, so that was fun. In the showbiz vein, the Oscar nominations were released today, and I've realized that um, I haven't seen too many movies lately. I don't know about you. Have you? Do you go? Do you go to the movies? I used to be. I used to kind of take pride in the fact that I had seen. I don't think I ever saw the entire slate of nominated films, and of course now we've got ten nominated films instead of it used to be like five or six, but um, now we've got ten, and out of the ten movies nominated for Best Picture, I have seen two. That is woefully inadequate. Well, do you go to the movies, Tommy? Do you stream movies? How do you do? You care about film? I would say I go to the movies about maybe a little bit above average the regular person. I went to the movies I think five or six times this last year. Really? What'd you see? What was the last movie you saw in the theater? Oh, geez, now I need to get reminded. Uh, I want to say Thor Ragnarok was somewhere around there. Oh, that was uh, a couple years ago. That was a long time. No, not, not Ragnarok. Uh, sorry, uh, Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. That's okay. what I meant. Love and, um, and then I know I saw uh, Black Phone. Uh, yeah, I went, I went a few times. I just okay. have to jog did, my did memory Did you see again. Top Gun? I did, but I fell asleep during it. And I, that was a whole conversation I had with Scott Warris already on the air. Really? All right. Well, uh, we, uh, we don't want to rehash that. <laughs> Uh, but so that t- Top Gun Maverick, I'm shocked, was nominated for Best Picture. It's You're shocked by that? Yes. I mean, that movie got so much buzz. You knew it was going to have to be. It, right. It got a lot of buzz, and it's uh, you know credited with saving the cinemas because people actually finally went back out to the movies. Not me. I waited till it came on, <laughs> came out where I could stream it because I don't like to go out in public anymore. But um, it what it was fine for what it is. It's a huge popcorn movie. I enjoyed it. I'm not going to lie to you. I had a good time watching it, but best picture? Come on. That's they're throwing Tom Cruise a bone going, "Hey man, thanks. 
Thanks for doing crazy stunts. And thanks for, uh, thanks for making movies that really people don't have to think to go see. And sometimes that's exactly what we want. I'm oh, not poo-pooing I, I did the movie. See, I did see Nope as well. That was a really good one. The Jordan Peele nope. movie. Oh, okay. I haven't seen a Jordan Peele movie since, uh, what was his first scary one? Uh, not Get Out, the one before that one. Right? I saw Get Out. Well, now and i got to look there, that one up again, too. Yeah. I, I love his movies. I think he does a great job. I haven't seen Nope. I'll have to check it out. Now, it's again, I, I used to, I loved going to the movies. I used to love to go to the theaters. And then the experience of going to the theater lost its luster for me with a lot of uh, behavior of the public. And then COVID came, of course, and we didn't go. And now, are there some movies that I probably, like, I, I bet Ma Top Gun Maverick would have been a lot more fun to see on a big screen. But I enjoyed it just fine on my TV. Because I have a 375-inch television, Tommy. Wow. It's yeah, it's gigantic. It's like IMAX. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, it's, oh, man. My neighbors complain because, you know, once I get that subwoofer going, the, the windows rattle in the neighborhood, power drains from the rest of the block. It's scary. But uh, so they came out today. I have not seen too many. But here are the Best Picture nominations. And I want to, if you've seen some of these, please inform me. Tell me if I should see them. Tell me if I should avoid them. Tell me what you've thought of them. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank. Talk and text line, old National Bank, get old. Best pictures, all quiet on the Western Front. I'd been seeing that, uh, like, trending and things, and I thought, I was thinking of the original. I didn't know they had made a new all quiet on the Western Front, but they have. Uh, Avatar, The Way of Water. I did not see the first Avatar. I have no desire to see the second Avatar. It's a commitment, man. I mean, I just don't have three hours to sit down and watch a movie. No, that's a, you know, that's a whole other conversation that we should have. Why are movies so long? I want a nice 90-minute movie. Two hours, okay. Two hours is it, though. You get into three hours, and I don't care how good the movie is, and there's some good movies that are long, but I, yeah, I don't want to, I can't carve out that chunk of time, especially at the end of the day. So I'm guessing you have not seen Avatar The Way of Water. I, I have not. I also looked into it. I've seen Black Adam and Black Panther as well, Wakanda Forever. Okay. I see, and I didn't see Wakanda Forever. I loved Black Panther, and I've seen, I think, almost all the Marvel movies. Not uh, Doctor Strange in the Metaverse. I didn't see that one, but so I gotta I gotta watch that. So Avatar: The Banshees of Inisherin, which I saw, which I was really looking forward to seeing, because it was filmed on Inishmore, and we were when we were on Inishmore in September, the locals were all talking about when Colin Farrell um, and uh, Brendan Gleeson were on Inishmore filming this movie, and I was like, oh, this is great. I'll see some familiar sights. I like the movie, but I'm not. I don't want to spoil it. But there is. Uh, it's not a comedy like you would have thought. And then there's a lot of things going on in this movie that both my wife and I, when it was over, were like, "What the heck did we just watch? What is going on?" So okay, that's up. Elvis is up, which I want to see. Everything, everywhere, all at once. The Fablemans. 
Uh, somebody texted in about that. It said, I think Spielberg's somewhat autobiographical The Fablemans sounds brilliant. I feel I really need to see that nominee. Well, th this is the time. you got a couple more weeks. See it before the Oscars or see it after. Uh, Tar, which is a uh, about a conductor. Top Gun Maverick. Triangle of Sadness, which doesn't sound like a movie I want to see. Just that title alone. I got enough. I, I got enough worries. I don't need to sit down to a movie called Triangle of Sadness, and then Women Talking, which I've seen the commercials for. But th that's it. Um, another two six two tester jumping in. Maverick recycled lots of scenes and dialogue from not only the original Top Gun but other similar old aviation action films as well, namely Iron Eagle, which came out the same year as Top Gun. Yeah, it, listen, it was a fine movie for. Like I said, for what it was, I sat there, I enjoyed it. I laughed, I cried, I felt the whole range of emotions. But is it a Best Picture nominee? No. We'll talk a little more Oscars, and I want to know if you saw some of these nominees. Give Tommy and I a heads up. What to see, what to avoid. All of that and more, 855-616-1620. The Old National Bank Talk and Text Line on WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, we are talking Oscar nominations. If you want to jump in, 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talking text line. Uh, so we went through Best Picture, the 10 nominees, and uh, Tommy, you were very concerned about Brendan Fraser's future. You wanted to know about The Whale. Uh, Brendan Fraser has been nominated for Best Actor. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah. What did he just want? Was it... Uh, uh, What's the Golden Globe? Yeah, he just won the Golden Globe, or was it the Critics' Choice? He won something. But he's up against Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for the Banshee, Banshees of Inisherin, which I thought Colin Farrell was excellent in that movie. I really liked him. Didn't Paul Mescal in After Sun and Bill Nye in Living. So those are your Best Actor nominees. Best Actress for the... Well, we'll get to another because uh, we are both... Marvel movie fan, so there's big Oscar news for Marvel. Best Actress, Anna de Armas for Blonde, Kate Blanchett for Tar, Andrea Riseborough for To Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. That, of course, stars, uh, or well, he's nominated for Best Supporting Actor, the kid who played um, Harrison Ford's sidekick in, in the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark movie. Kihue Kwan. Oh yeah, I heard he was short round. A, yeah, short round was doing another one. Yeah, so he is he is nominated for best supporting actor. Uh, Barry Ke Keegan in the Banshees of Inisherin, Brian Tyree Henry in Causeway, Judd Hirsch in the Fablemans, and Brendan Gleeson in Banshees of Inisherin. Here's the big news: uh, Angela Bassett got a best supporting actress nomination for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, which is the first time. A Marvel movie has been nominated, and you know there have been, listen, there have been some Marvel movies that were top notch that probably should have been nominated, but you know Angela Bassett gets the nod. She's up against uh, Hong Chao for the Whale, Carrie Condon for the Banshees of Inisherin, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Stephanie Sue for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Well, kind of forever was a really really fun movie. Was it? I, I I'm gonna watch it because, like I said, I love those movies. And I just now some of them now that movies are back to being just I loved I loved when they were doing 
new releases right on the streaming services right away, and you didn't have to wait. Right, was that like, was a good time. That was a great time. Now you got to wait again. Like I still want to see that uh, the sad, the violent Santa Claus movie where he's hitting people with a sledgehammer. Yeah, Violent Night. Violent Night. I still want to see that. It's not out, and then it's coming out on. I think it's coming out on Peacock. Who has time for that streaming service? I got a million. So I, uh, you know, I have enough streaming services, but now I'm waiting for that. So all these ones that I wanted to see have not um, haven't come to streaming. Black Panther. I think Black Panther: Wakanda Forever is now on Disney Plus. I have to check that out. But uh, I'll see that. And I know, like, Everything Everywhere All at Once is now on HBO. So I that one and Elvis, I should be able to knock out pretty easily. But, and I saw the Banshees, but better. Who who knows? Do you even watch the Oscars anymore? It's I you, The Oscars used to be the big thing for me. I loved watching the Oscars. Because, you know... There was always there was always that little part of me that would practice my acceptance speech. I don't know for what, but uh, I just loved watching the Oscars. And then, as I got older, it became so self congratulatory, which I guess it always was. But I was younger and didn't care. And now, I watch it a little bit, and it's like, oh, just uh, let's get to the awards. This is a bloated, overblown production, and most of the stuff people don't care about. We want to see the big awards, and that's it. We could cut an hour out of this broadcast, and it would still be there. Would still be too much. All right, big news on the Eminem front. We'll get to that after this. WTMJ nights. More WTMJ nights coming up. Tommy does call me Big Papa off the air, and don't think I don't appreciate it. On the other side of the news, uh, we are going to get into this Eminem, Eminem controversy. I also have, this is a, a little troubling study about your children and pornography. And when, uh, when you should be talking to your kids, it may not be what you expect. So we've got a lot to get to in the final half hour, and we have to be out of here at 8 o'clock because Justin Garcia is coming on, and he's doing Bucks Weekly right after the 8 o'clock news. So we cannot uh, make him wait because there's a lot of news coming out of Bucks camp. All right, now it's time to go to the WTMJ 24-hour newsroom. That's where, very patiently, Wyatt Bar Barmore Pooley is standing by. <laughs> Uh, we love to uh, chat about snacks and food and all things bad for us. This is this is nuts. I don't know if you heard this. M&M's uh, has traded in their quote-unquote polarizing spokes candies for Maya Rudolph. Now I love Maya Rudolph. I think she's hilarious. She does a voice. She's doing a lot of voiceover stuff now. Very very funny. She had a long run on Saturday Night Live. But what I don't get is why M&M's has decided to sideline its roster of cartoon mascots, the Spokes Candies. You know, the red and uh, yellow M&Ms that are in the commercials, the green M&M that a lot of us find alluring in a weird way. Um, they were all made over last year, and, and this caused, oh my goodness, this caused a lot of issues. Because Mars, who is the company that makes M&Ms, and the M&M &M, &M brand and their advertising people decided they were going to make the the spokes candy's a little more all-inclusive, so they added another female M&M, and then they took the go-go boots off the green M&M and put her in, uh, like, looked like Chuck Taylors, 
and they put comfortable shoes on all the other M&Ms, and that sent uh, right-wing media into a frenzy. Oh, man, the woke M&Ms. Uh, I've been eating M&Ms since I was a small child. And I here's how I eat M&Ms. I tear open the bag and I guzzle them down like they contain the cure to all of life's ills. I don't, uh, you know, did I find the talking M&Ms funny? Sure, they were, you know, they were fun. First time I ever went to an M&M world in Las Vegas when that was a new thing, I may or may not have taken a picture with a giant plastic M&M spokes candy. But I didn't fall into this. Unlike, uh, you know, Tucker Carlson, who lost his mind about the M&Ms. He led the charge, deriding the changes in M&Ms, uh, calling them woke, because now they're, you know, there was a shot of the green M&M and the new other female M&M sitting together. Uh, anyway, so now M&M's has decided that uh, they're not going to do this. Mars released a statement yesterday saying that it was shelving the mascots entirely, given the controversy swirling around them. Part of the statement said, in, last, in the last year, we made some changes to our beloved spokes candies. We weren't sure if anyone would notice. Of course you were. Uh, and definitely didn't think it would break the internet. You were praying it would. Um, but that's it. It is, uh, it is a made-up controversy. But I don't know if you're like me. Do you think this is all a Super Bowl ad-related stunt? I would say 100% yes. Oh, good call. Yes. This is all going to be... Cause imagine it now, Tommy. We're all for weeks. We're crying. Where are the spokes candies? Will it will it cause a dip in M&M sales? What will Maya Rudolph do? Uh, will she rage against the anti-woke M&Ms in a tongue-in-cheek kind of advertising campaign, which could be hilarious. If they do it right, it could be really, really funny. Well, and they're and always could, a big ad company on Super Bowl Sunday. Yes, that's the thing. So I predict that, you know, Maya Rudolph will be in some commercial and then be bum-rushed by the spokes candies again. And they will oust her in a coup fit for, well, you know, the U.S. Capitol, maybe. Uh, but yes, I, I think it is a stunt. And it's very it's a very good stunt. If it were, if they do it right. Because nobody's... Did did anybody stop eating M&M's because the green M&M cartoon was wearing gym shoes instead of go-go boots? If you did, you have a lot of mental issues that need to be talked about in therapy. Because it's a candy. It's like if you stopped eating tricks because you don't like rabbits. It doesn't make any sense. Or if... You've never seen a leprechaun, so you've you know you've just given up on Lucky Charms altogether, because you can't. I just can't, in good conscience, eat a cereal where I think the mascot doesn't even exist. Here's another news flash: tigers don't yell; they're great. These are all cartoons, and we've seen we've seen mascots for decades since advertising became a thing. But now in this polarized this polarized environment we live in, people can get this worked up over M&Ms. It's hilarious. I and I love M&Ms. I actually lived not far from a Mars candy plant. Oh man. Talk about talk about a smell in the summer when the windows are open and the whole neighborhood smells like chocolate. It's like living in Willy Wonka land. It's fantastic. 
fantastic. But we'll see. So mark the tape, Tommy, after the Super Bowl when we see that uh, this is all a big, a big ad. You'll say, man. What a prognosticator you are, Brian. Ooh, good word correct. choice, too. Yes. Uh, listen, I throw around some vocabulary now and then. I'm not afraid to use a big word, get mocked by people who don't understand what it is. I, I used right, to brag about uh, how good I was at getting M&Ms out of the dispensers in stores because I learned a trick from an employee one time that you got to go slower with them. But now I think they've rigged them all since then. So I don't... What, oh. What are you talking about? What kind of dispensers? You know, like you put a quarter in and then you spin it, you get some candy oh, out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like okay. sticker machines next to it or whatever, too. Yeah, but yeah. I always went for the M&M's and I used to think I was really good at it, but now they kind of found a way to trick it, I think. So oh. not as good anymore. And especially if you go for the peanut M&M's, just never go to the peanut M&M's because you're not going to get that many of them if you put a right, quarter in. Right, because they're too, they're too big. I saw machines for them when I was living in California where those were 75 cents. Just go buy a bag at 7-Eleven. Right. That's what I was saying. What are you... You're going to pump three quarters into a little machine to get four M&Ms? Only the peanut ones a... you get screwed over like that. The the regular oh. ones, sometimes you can get a decent handful, but the peanut M&Ms, right. Yeah, you're getting six M&Ms tops. Yeah, but even if you go to the machine and you get a handful, that's great, but... Then you got to shove them all in your mouth all at once, which I'm not against. But I like the bag because maybe you know, maybe I only want to—I don't want to feel like a pig, so I eat half the bag, and then a minute and a half later, I eat the other half bag. But at least I've paced myself. So I don't, boy, I—I I didn't even know those machines still existed. Yeah, every once in a while. My mom used to be a big thrifter, so at all the secondhand stores there would be one. <laughs> and that, that was kind sense. of my reward to go with her was 25 cents. You can go get some M&M's. Wow. There you go. You're living, you're living large. Put those in there and twist it. I used to, I used to like the, uh, the, well, there was a chiclet one. That you'd get a pretty good amount, too. Get a mouthful of chiclets, flavor would be gone in a second and a half, and then you'd be like, oh, man, that was a waste of a quarter. As you can tell by looking at me, we went thrifting quite a bit. So well, listen, <laughs> might not I have nothing out. against uh, candy as a reward for going thrifting or anywhere else. You know, <laughs> My dogs get treats, and they just walk outside. I should get somebody, you know, I don't, I don't uh, begrudge you or I getting tossed a little piece of candy if we do something nice. So I haven't seen one of those machines... I used to the big uh, the big jawbreaker ones or the the gumball ones where the gumball was gigantic, it would, like and it swirl like, down. Yes, it would swirl down, and I was always hoping for a good color. I always got white. White is the worst color. That's for a the big worst gumball. one. Yes, I think so. Oh wow, I thought that was the mystery one. That's the one everyone wanted. Oh, see, I go against the grain. Oh, fair enough. I don't want to miss. I want I want my twenty five cent investment to pay off with a known flavor, blue. <laughs> Or red. Okay. I, I don't even know what they mean. Basic. I just like the colors. Yeah, give me a blue. What's it taste like? I don't know. Blue. blue. What's blue supposed to taste like? <laughs> tastes like blue. All right, we got to do this. Then there's more. It's WTMJ Nights. Oh, anytime you drop some M&M for some M&Ms. Now, did, did this M&M get replaced by a spokes candy, or is this still Marshall Mathers? The one and only, still. The one and only, of course. He's Slim Shady, the real Slim Shady. All you other Shadies, step. Uh, 
We do love to talk about when Tommy and I are together, and I don't know if it's because we're, uh, you know, we're men with huge appetites, or but we do like to talk about different fast foods. Now, you went to, to a new Wisconsin establishment that I had not uh, been to. Well, there weren't any around here in Milwaukee. I, I'm trying to think where the last time I've been to one of these. How was your experience at this new place? What was it, and what did you enjoy? Yeah, so I just went to the new Taco John's. I had that for lunch today because yeah. I had to come in earlier today. There was a meeting, and I figured while I was in the area, pop over there. I saw it last time I was over by uh, AmFam Field. And it's on Miller Parkway, which is really weird now to say that in a sentence yeah. when you go back there. But they just opened up a new Taco John's. I will say, it was just like, all right. I wouldn't give it anything okay. too crazy. They had the I had the chicken tacos. They had two different flavors, so I got one of each of them. And they were good, but the line was kind of ridiculous, so I think everyone was trying to get in to try the new Taco John's. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And that the line's long. I, I don't know. I thought the when I saw the size of the burritos from looking at it, they, they look kind of small compared to other fast food mm. establishments. Not good. People want, people want to feel they're getting value for their money. And we are all hypnotized by the sight, by the sight of a giant burrito. But, but the Jalapeno Ranch chicken taco was pretty good. I will say that. I would give it a, a 7. Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Okay. Yeah. Is it hard hard shell, soft shell? Soft shell, like right. fried chicken. So it was pretty. Oh. It was kind of cool, kind of good. And I'd never had Taco John's before. I would probably wouldn't go back just based on the amount of time I waited, plus the price, plus the taste. But yeah. I mean, it was also one o'clock. I mean, prime lunchtime probably too, where everyone's sure. breaking to go get something. And I, I mean, it was good, but. I don't know. I, I, if you're dying to go after it, you're not missing out on much. Now, I know they're known for their potato olays. These little pota did you get any of the potato olays? No, but I did notice they put potato in everything. Oh. <laughs> Which, it, they're I mean, underwritten by, the big, by big potato. Well, it's, it's every, every burrito, taco, whatever you want to get there. There's You can just get buckets of potatoes. It, it's an odd... <laughs> flavor to me if you put it in so many different items then it's just yeah. everything tastes like potato well because it's basically tater tots they do them for breakfast they do them for uh, you know as sides they do put them in all their all their quote-unquote mexican dishes <laughs> right I don't know exactly how, you know i don't know how many uh how many mexican dishes i've had that that were not supposed to have potatoes that did now how you mentioned the price is that not was were they high uh, yeah, I want to say it was, you know, twelve bucks or something for two of those. Holy like smokes! Ten, twelve bucks. See, and that's now my wife and daughter love Taco Bell. I got a drink as well with it too. All right, but still, that's a, that's a lot. I mean, I know everything has gone up, but holy cow! That's what I was surprised. Uh, was a few months ago, my wife and daughter had Taco Bell. They were oh, it's Taco Bell, Taco Bell, Taco Bell. So I'm out one day, and it was lunchtime, and I was hungry, and I was like, oh, you know what? I remember Taco Bell from the day when it was really cheap. It's not really cheap anymore. I know nothing really is cheap, but, man, I think I dropped 12, 14 bucks at Taco Bell, and I didn't get that much. It wasn't like I was driving away with a giant sack of food, like some sort of uh, hungry lunatic. I was just... <laughs> 
just got, I don't know, a double deck, whatever. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot. I'm looking at the picture of these fried tacos, these uh, tacos that you got, Tommy. They look very good. Yeah, they were, they were pretty good, I, I will say. They were, they were, they were pretty, pretty good. good. But, yeah, there's a lot of good taco places. Right, I just wouldn't go out of my way for them anymore. Yeah. Like, if, if I showed up with a giant box of taco, Taco John, you're not going to, you know, poo-poo them and walk away. Right. I mean, I would eat it, for sure. 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 Yeah, as long as you, but you check first if you had to contribute. Exactly, because I know. Or <laughs> these, are these on the house pay for the week here. <laughs> yes, yeah, is, is this is this comped? Then I will enjoy them most voraciously. If not, I'm going to need to walk away. I just found it. You know, might as well try it. It's new. Yeah, and see what it's about. I I'm glad I did. Well, that's always the way. If something's if if there's a new place and you've heard of it, all of a sudden you're like, well, I got to try that. And I've even been sucked in by just some commercials of, of food items. Like, oh, I got to try that. But uh, yeah, you try it, and then you you either say, yeah, this is something I want to do again, or something, you know. And they're not always going to be a hit with everybody. I'm sure right now there's people who swear by Taco John's, you know, or Taco Bell, or whatever other taco. And then they'll then they'll cancel me. I hope you don't get doxxed over this, because that's what they do. They dox you when you when you break bad on a fried chicken taco. All of a sudden, you're public enemy number one. You're the man who shot Liberty Valance. Well, then they gotta let me know what I should get from there because that's what I got. I don't know. That's that's what looked the tastiest by all means. If I'm missing out on something, let, let me know. Slap a feed bag of potato olays on your mug and just <laughs> eat like a horse. They were selling them by like the pound. <laughs> What's well? I mean, now I got to try some because I'm like, they they look like tater tots to me, and you know nothing against the tot, but I don't know if I want a pound of them, just in a bag or a paper cup. All right, we got to do this. Then we'll come back. We'll start wrapping things up. We may or may not talk to Justin Garcia. I would love to, but he's a busy man. We'll see what's going on because Bucks Weekly comes your way after the eight o'clock news right here on WTMJ. Don't stop. We are going to start wrapping things up. But I'm always happy to talk to Justin Garcia, the host of Bucks Weekly, which is coming up after the eight o'clock news. Uh, Justin, welcome. First of all, thank you for uh, thank you for doing a little crosstalk. We were talking about Taco Johns. Have you tried oh, Taco Johns yet? I love Taco Johns. Wow. All right. Man. I want you to fight Tommy. Whoa. I want, Whoa, I want there to be a fist fight. I, miss? I just said it was good. I gave it like a seven. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. See, and then somebody said they don't use hot tortillas. Uh, Wait, what? Coming down on the text line. That was what, my experience what, as well. What is happening here? I, oh listen, Justin, I don't know. People are people are getting very, very picky about their tacos. I, if you're dropping big money on tacos, uh, you got to be... Yeah, now, I, I haven't had it in, in quite some time, but I okay. uh, grew up in Waukesha, and there's, there was a Taco John's like a block away from where I live. So like as a kid, I ate there quite a bit as I got okay. older and, and was able to drive. I was going to taco. I went to a middle school that was right across the street from there. Wow. So yeah, I didn't even know Your they taco had taco Johns in Wisconsin until I just saw this one Are on Miller Parkway. Right yeah. Now. Never been there. <laughs> I love that. Now uh, for the rest of the night, there will be this simmering animosity between you two <laughs> as, as Justin tries to talk about the good news that Giannis and uh, Middleton are back. But uh, the fact that his producer has besmirched one of his favorite foods. Yeah, I I can't even write like a, a Taco Bravo and the potato olays. I mean, you oh, don't hear he is with the Taco potatoes. Bell. We yeah. got to get Taco John's involved with Bucks Weekly. 
There you go. I listen, already you've talked about enjoying them for decades. Right decades, there, that's enough yeah. for you I mean, to be it, the guy. It's, it's probably three decades worth of patronage to Taco John's. It is crossed. How is somebody from sales not calling them right now? Uh, yeah, you tell so me. many pounds of potato oles. That's <laughs> Actually, a lot of potato oles. <laughs> I uh, I don't dislike them. I'm not a huge potato oles guy, but uh, I'm not going to turn Can, them down. So what's your go-to? Will there? you clarify this? What's the difference between a potato ole and a tater tot? <laughs> well, potato oles are those little round, like mini hockey pucks, and not the actual okay. tots. So uh-huh. they're the little discs, and I think okay. it's the seasoning. That's on them. Uh, my go-to, I do like the Taco Bravo, but also um, the grilled burrito, the stuffed burrito, I think it is, and the meat and potato burrito. Uh, during Christmas time, Tommy, they do Nachos Navidad, where it's the green and <laughs> okay. red tortilla okay. chips. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, could, I can get behind on that. Now, yeah, now Justin, man, you I'm need to in. take Tommy for a, a trip. Uh, yeah, you, you guys I need mean, a show trip over to eat a little uh, Taco John's and show them what it's really all about. As long as we can write it off. Yeah, I'm all for it. I think so, too. Well, that's when you pitch the uh, sponsorship deal. Listen, we were going to talk some bucks, but you'll be doing that after 8 o'clock. I had more uh, fun talking about Taco uh, Taco John's and listening to the feud that is about to ensue after the news. Uh, Justin, have a great show. Tommy, thanks for all your help. I'll talk to everybody next Monday. Have a great night. Thanks for listening. The news is next. Then it's Bucks Weekly on WTMJ.